welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high achieving, goal oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 258, interview with client Amy and her sober retreat testimonial. Well, hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited about today's podcast. This is definitely a good one to lace up those sneakers and go for a long walk. I have my client Amy back on the podcast. You may remember Amy. I've had actually had a couple of Amy's on the podcast, but Amy and her sister-in-law Emily were on the podcast earlier this summer. And Amy has continued to go on and attend one of my sober retreats with me and work with me privately. And she wanted to come on the podcast and share her experience and her journey with changing her relationship with alcohol and give you all an update on what's going on with her now after that retreat and some really awesome insights about how she has been able to be successful over this journey. I really hope you enjoy and we will talk to you soon. Welcome back to the podcast, Amy. Thank you. So excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So you were on the podcast a few months ago in I think July or the summertime. And we're linking up the that original episode with Amy and her sister-in-law, Emily, which was really, really fun because you guys are both in my coaching program at the same time. But you um, have had some major growth and some transformation since then. And I just wanted yeah. to bring you back on the podcast to kind of share your journey and your thought process on what has been changed, what has changed and where you are now. So we can kind of jump in and kind of go from there. What do you think? Sounds like a plan. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds good. Yeah. So why don't you kind Um, of give us a little recap to start? Like, where were you, you know, before you joined the program? Like, what was happening with your relationship with alcohol? How much you were drinking? Tell us about the process when you joined Alive AF, the membership, and kind of get us caught up to now. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. So um, I'll give you the very short version because I know I gave you the very long version the first time <laughs> yes, I was on, but, yes. um, and a lot of times since then. Um, but I, <laughs> they haven't heard so, it all though. So don't feel like you're boring me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, um, long story short, I like just reflecting on my relationship with alcohol over the course of my life. So I was, um, my family was very, I would say social drinkers. My parents didn't drink a whole lot when I was a little kid. Um, they definitely did socially, but I never experienced any sort of like trauma around alcohol or anything like that when I was younger. Um, it was always at family gatherings, but everyone in my family was always, you know, to me seemed to manage it well. Nobody Mm -hmm. was mean or scary or it wasn't a bad thing. Um, didn't drink at all in high school. I was very much a rule follower, um, wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing and all that, um, did drink in college. That's really when my relationship with it started. And I would say I was like, this isn't even right, but like a very normal college drinker. I went to IU, um, that it was the culture. It was Thursday through Sunday. You were going out doing different things. And, um, 
you know, I was very high achieving in college and did just fine and graduated just fine. But that's really when um, I just became acquainted with alcohol. And we certainly were drinking to get drunk in college. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we did. So, you know, that's kind of where that started. Um, After college, moved to Chicago for about six years. And that's kind of when my adult drinking began, where it stopped being like, you know, we did have this like little pot of friends in Chicago that came um, with us from high school and college. And so we would go out on the weekends and stuff like that. But that's kind of when the nightly wine would come in. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I've told you this before. I just felt like it was much fancier and more sophisticated to be drinking wine, like with my dinner at home. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, did that. And then I would say it really got to be like an everyday couple of glasses of wine situation, sort of the more, the older I got, like Mm -hmm. mid twenties, um, had my daughter at 28 was definitely part like heavy in the mommy wine culture. Um, there's a nice picture of me on Facebook holding a wine glass that says like raising tiny humans is exhausting and Mm -hmm. haha, isn't this funny? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, that's when it really became a habit for Mm -hmm. my husband and I both. We were picking up bottles of wine every night. That's what we were drinking. We Mm -hmm. felt like that's what everybody else our age was doing. And Mm -hmm. that's just kind of what the culture was. Mm -hmm. Um, Fast forward to all the way to 2020 um, when the pandemic hit for personal reasons, my husband decided to quit drinking right before the pandemic started. So um, I was going to be supportive of that and not drink at home. And that was right at the beginning of March. And then March 13th, the world said, you're not going anywhere except for home. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool. So I don't drink anymore. (laughs) Um, Uh (laughs) Great. (laughs) So I white knuckled myself through about three months alcohol free at Mm -hmm. that point. And it was white knuckle. I mean, I had like family members that were like, oh, you're being so good and supportive. But like, couldn't you just like keep wine in the basement and like Mm. he wouldn't know that you were drinking and um I was like well I feel like that's not probably right so (laughs) I didn't do that but what I did do was as soon as the world opened up a little bit and I was able to get together with my friends outdoors um I had like a group of six of us that had been close forever and we would meet a couple like every other week or so it was always outside and then it was my excuse like I'm not drinking at home so like this is my night to drink Mm. and I came home with a couple of um well the next the mornings after I woke up with a couple of gnarly hangovers like of which I had not experienced really since college Mm -hmm. um with two little kids at home at this point so Mm -hmm. like talk about feeling not fantastic trying to parent your kids when you can barely move and you feel like you're going to throw up every minute. Um, and that's kind of when I started to think like, okay, well, I know this isn't normal drinking. Like Mm -hmm. I know that my relationship, I mean, I wouldn't have even had these words at the time, but like, I knew that it wasn't what I wanted my relationship with alcohol to be. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also didn't know any other way of doing it. Yeah. So I just kind of thought, like, I know I'm not an alcoholic. I don't drink every day. I don't even drink most days. But I also know that once I start, I don't want to stop. And like, I knew that this wasn't necessarily a healthy relationship with it. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of when I really started thinking about moderation and playing a lot of the games with myself around, okay, well, 
you're not allowed to drink on these days or only this many glasses a week or only this specific type. I would first do, okay, only white wine because it doesn't give me as much of a headache or, okay, now only red wine because it's good for you is what, you know, what I was reading and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so about a year or after that, I would say probably spring of 2021, uh, my sister-in-law who was on the podcast with me, um, shared your podcast with me. And I really grasped onto the idea of just not beating myself up Mm -hmm. about when I drank more than I wanted to, or when I was feeling crummy. So I had gotten to the point where I wasn't drinking like a ton at a time, but enough that I would wake up feeling puffy and Mm -hmm. tired. And Mm -hmm. I would text her and say that, and she would say, don't beat yourself up about it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not going to not going to help. And so that's when she shared it. And I really loved listening to your podcast. I listened to it while I cooked dinner and whatever. And I really started doing before I even thought about cutting back or making a drink plan or anything like that. Um, I really started trying to rewrite my thoughts that were Mm self-deprecating and I didn't realize how many of my thoughts, both around alcohol and around other things were just beating myself up. Like, you don't work out hard enough. Why are you so lazy? Like if you would just do this, you'd be better at work. You know, like there's so much of that going on all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I got really good at that and stopped beating myself up and started feeling really good and then followed her again when she decided to join a live AF. Mm -hmm. Um, And I decided just to kind of give it a shot because I was still having over drinks more often than I wanted to and was still definitely using it to de-stress and Mm -hmm. as a coping mechanism. But I joined a live AF with the goal to just get to the point where I wasn't feeling crummy. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to quit drinking. Mm -hmm. I definitely wanted to moderate. Um, And yeah, I joined in June and life is very different in (laughs) December now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So catch us up. So you joined in June, you started making drink plans, doing the course, you got coaching, engaged in the community, all that. Um, And then I think you had a 30 day break in there too, right? I had a couple of attempted 30 day breaks, Mm -hmm. but I would get like 27 days in Mm -hmm. or, you know, start a couple days late and like fudge Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. on it here and there. Mm -hmm. But I did have some success as far as like big chunks of time. Mm -hmm. And I noticed, um, I will say I, when I joined, even though I wasn't planning on stopping drinking, I was committed to fully doing the work Mm -hmm. because I committed to paying for it every month. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to be a waste. And I was going to be honest with myself about Mm -hmm. what was going on. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's key for anybody who's joining is Mm -hmm. like, don't half-ass it. Like you don't have to know what you want the end result to look like, but you do have to know that you're going to be committed to doing the work because then you'll eventually get to what you want your end result to be like. Yeah. How do you stay Um, committed though? Let's talk about that. Cause like you mentioned, how do you stay committed? Because you even mentioned when we were talking earlier that whenever you get excited about joining something new, whether it's an exercise program or a diet program or, I don't know, learning some new craft or whatever, people get all motivated, excited at the beginning, and then that wanes off. So how did you stay committed throughout that process? I really think the fact that I was paying for it mm-hmm. was big for me personally. Mm-hmm. Like if it, I just knew I couldn't justify um, spending money on it if it was something that I wasn't going to do. 
But I, I give a lot of credit to your program for that because one, there was no pressure of what I needed to do. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I needed to, there was pressure as far as you should be doing your worksheets, you should be doing your evaluations, you should be planning your drinks, but whatever was on that plan was totally up to me. Mm. And, um, I knew like you weren't telling me I didn't have to drink anymore. You weren't telling me what my limit was. And so I was able to sort of do that on my own. Um, but you also just make it really freaking fun. Like the (laughs) Facebook group is so fun. The webinars are, I mean, it's just so lighthearted and Mm -hmm. real. And I knew that from your podcast Mm -hmm. that I just knew I was going to enjoy interacting with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and like getting to interact with you and coach Steph, and then all of these like-minded women Mm -hmm. who build this amazing community on the back end, like, I told you, I just messaged you last week and told you, I think I'm going to, you know, I'm in a good place. I think I'm going to cancel my live AF. Mm-hmm. And then like two days later, I was like, no, 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 wait, don't do it. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be out of the Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It's fun. And like, you feel like you have this support system. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for so sharing you can, that. I think that's um, really important for people to hear is that in order for us to change any habit, no matter if it's drinking or anything that we're trying to undo, we have to make it interesting and enjoyable. Otherwise, because yep. that's just how our brain works. We're motivated to seek pleasure and avoid pain. That's our natural yep. intrinsic motivation. And so yep. I want to make this. I also just think I am fun. You know, you I, are. I believe that. That's <laughs> so I think it naturally comes through. But it's also strategic in that. We want to keep this engaging and I don't want anyone to feel shame or judged or like they can't put four drinks on their plan if that's really what they want to do, um, that they feel supported no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to hear that that comes through because that does keep you going for longer. If it's a miserable process and it's hard and you're going to be like, well, why did you do that? And you're not following the rules and you have to start over and all that mm-hmm. stuff is people quit. And I don't want people yep. to quit because I want them to here and and get to where you and I are now. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing about, I mean, it's not only just fun and like rainbows and sunshine in the Facebook group, it's people, you can be really vulnerable in that space. And every single person in that space is supportive, tells you what you need to hear gently, mm-hmm. but like, is just there to tell you get back on the horse mm-hmm. and do the work and we're here to support you. So it's a, it's a really great place, really great community. Awesome. So when you did have a failure though, like getting back to the commitment question and how you kept doing it and showing up and doing the work, if you did have a misstep or you did over drink while you're in the program, like how did you motivate yourself to keep looking at it and keep moving forward? So I really think coming in, having done the groundwork that you set about not beating myself up was key. Mm. I spent, by the time I had joined, by the time I joined a live AF, I had already given up beating myself up for those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least gotten really close to that. I mean, I'm still a human being, right? Yeah. Like you, they still come in. Um, but I knew it wasn't going to get me anywhere. So I think just, I didn't throw myself a pity party because I had already thrown myself plenty Mm-hmm. And I used your evaluation tool. I actually got to the point where I was doing an evaluation every single day, whether I overdrank or not, mm-hmm. just to make it part of my daily routine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I would just fill out the parts of the evaluation that made sense mm-hmm. if I didn't overdrink. Mm-hmm. And so with having that as just part of my morning routine, it made it just very natural to really evaluate mm-hmm. why I did overdrink when I did. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's really important because usually when people stop and they they have an overdrink, they feel shitty physically yep. and then in mentally it triggers you to have terrible thoughts. I mean, it's just the natural process of it. You can't really prevent it from coming in, but you can mm-hmm. control the dialogue after you're aware, right? Yep. Yeah, you're going to talk yep. to yourself pretty shitty if you don't follow your plan. And that's actually not a bad thing. No. <laughs> it's like you, oh, no, because I you're mean, out of alignment. Yeah, yeah. You're out of yeah. alignment with how you want to be. So, of course, it's going to feel bad right. because you didn't follow through on what you said you would do. And so, but the evaluation part redirects your mind and your thinking process around that. So you learn from that mistake and you can keep yep. moving forward. But people who stay in that shame that they didn't do it and they can't do it and see they, they, what were yep. they thinking? They're never going to be able to figure this out. And you're a piece of shit. All that yep. prevents them from having the progress that they could have because they stop doing the work in those moments yep. and then they have big gaps and then they might start to feel better and then start doing it again. But the consistency I think is so, so important. Yep. And it's well, not I about being perfect. It's just about being building- consistent. Building that into your day yeah. is huge too. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot believe I'm going to say this out loud, knowing who I was before, but I love waking up at five o'clock in the morning now, <laughs> and that's when I do my do you journaling. Know how much this but, delights me, by the way. I know. <laughs> I know. My mom actually texted me this morning at five thirty about something, and she's like, "I'm so sorry if I woke you up." I said, "I've been awake for a half an hour. I bet you never thought you'd hear that." And she's like, "I know. Who are you?" Um. But I think it doesn't have to be five o'clock in the morning, but setting aside and it's 10, 15 minutes, it's Mm -hmm. not a big chunk of time printing out those worksheets. I took your advice and I would go to Staples. I'd have them bound. Um, I'd have them ready Mm -hmm. in my space where I was going to be able to do it. And then just building that routine in is huge. Um, Yeah. I just think that routine and the consistency for me was big. And it really got to the point where like, since I was doing the evaluation every day, it was like if I would wake up and I had overdrank or gone off plan, I would be like, oh, man, like you do wake up and you're like, come on, what was I thinking? And then I would just think like, well, this is going to be a good evaluation today. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. that was it. And then you have the thing to do to to fix it or mm-hmm. to move on. Mm-hmm. And then you move on mm-hmm. and you move on with your day and you hit restart. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you also did a good job of just like taking it one step at a time, which I, it's so cliche, but like just focusing on the one thing that's in front of you and like the one obstacle that you need to overcome instead of like, glo- like glorifying or globalizing one overdrink to meaning this big statement of like, I can't do this and I'm failing again and all of that. Like I never heard that from you. Well, a lot of the stuff in your program really lends itself well to that because even though it wasn't my goal to quit drinking and even though I was planning drinks and having over drinks, if I reflected even just a little bit, I was seeing improvement the entire mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I was seeing the amount that I was drinking go down overall. I was having less and less over drinks the more I moved along in the program. Mm-hmm. And then the community and you just really remind us consistently to focus on the wins Yeah, that even though you had step missteps, you also have had all of these huge wins mm-hmm. since you started. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Yeah. 
So let's get more current. So that was when you first started and through the summer and stuff. But then you decided to come and sign up to go to the Cancun retreat with me. You want to tell me about that? I did. About why I signed up? Yeah. Or do you want me to talk for the next 45 minutes about the Cancun retreat? Because <laughs> I could do that too. <laughs> we, can, we can do both. What made you like pull the trigger and like up level your coaching experience with me? So um, a few things. I... Well, I mean, just the fact that the experience itself looked amazing. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, who doesn't want to go to Cancun for five Mm -hmm. days and hang out and, you know, do all of that. So of course it just looked fun. Um, I personally have struggled with anxiety, both around international travel alone, as well as separation anxiety from my kids, Mm -hmm. um, as well as letting go of some control and allowing my husband to do things without Uh me. You're laughing. I know that the people (laughs) on the podcast can't see it, but she's like, yeah, nice of you to finally admit it. Um, I'm not laughing about your suffering though. I'm just just so glad that you're open to looking at that and getting some support. Yes. And so I knew this, as stupid as it sounds, this vacation, this retreat that was going to be a real treat for me was also going to help me work through a lot of emotions that have come up for me a lot of times throughout Mm -hmm. my life. Like Mm -hmm. I've been homesick since I was a kid. I haven't like traveling alone since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And so I think just knowing I was going to be in a safe place with my life coach literally next door to me Mm -hmm. and the ability to work through this stuff without alcohol, because you know, I have traveled alone as an adult. Mm -hmm. I am a sales representative. I go to a conference every year in Vegas and I was never homesick then because Mm -hmm. I had three glasses of wine in my system to go to bed. Right. And so I knew I was going to be able to get to look at those emotions in a safe place while, um, enjoying the beautiful Cancun and all that I had to offer. So that's really why I decided to do it. That's awesome. So you wanted to do the retreat and the coaching to help you um, expand emotionally in other areas of your life. And I like to think of it as like the impact that being free from that anxious ridden life, right? Like it holds you back, right? It holds you back from doing bigger things, from taking bigger risks when you're scared all the time or nervous or anxious about leaving things or trying to control every single detail and like how everybody's going to feel when you're gone and what's what they're going to do and what you're going to do. It's just, it's overwhelming and it's painful. Yeah. And so being willing to address that through that is an amazing thing. And, um, it takes some bravery to, to be willing to do that. Well, and I guess I'm sort of forgetting where I was too when I decided to join because I'm living in my happy cloud now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still drinking moderately mm-hmm. when I decided to join. Mm-hmm. And so I did think, okay, this is going to be really nice to get a vacation under my belt um, in this, like, you know, exactly what you said, going to this all-inclusive resort where I could literally pick up the phone or walk down to the mm-hmm. bar at any time and do that, I wanted to be able to experience a vacation without it. Mm -hmm. So that was another big reason why. Awesome. And so talk to me about the support that you got and the coaching you got before you went to the retreat. So listeners, if you're not aware, the the coaching and retreat packages include two months of support before you get to the retreat so that you get in a good state of mind. Like Amy's goal is to reduce her anxiety and let go of some control on things before she went to 
the retreat so she can enjoy herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the kind of coaching we can coach on anything, any goals that you have before the retreat so you can actually enjoy it while you're there. You're just not thrown into a situation and have to manage all of your feelings. Um, mm-hmm. So do you want to talk about what that was like? Yeah. Um, I would say the majority of our individual calls were really focused on all of my anxiety around leaving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I was a broken record. I don't want to leave my kids. I feel mm-hmm. guilty for leaving my kids. My daughter is scared at bedtime and I'm the only one that can calm her down and I'm selfish and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, like I could go on for years. And um, those individual calls were just instrumental in stopping that thought spiral mm-hmm. and helping me to reframe how good this was going to be for everybody mm-hmm. and like everybody in my family. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, yeah, okay. I see what you're saying, but like, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Like, I think probably what's actually going to happen is it's going to be a catastrophe and mm-hmm. my husband's going to deal with it and everyone will be alive, but mm-hmm. miserable the mm-hmm. whole time I'm gone. Mm-hmm. What actually <laughs> happened was exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, bedtime now when I come home, came home has been a million times easier. My daughter actually vocalized that she thinks because I left her anxiety has gone away. She said that the other day. Um, and so I just like, you helped me see that when my gut was telling me just pull the plug, like it's going to be easier to just stay home and stay the course. Um, so that was really, really beneficial for on the individual calls. And then I loved the group coaching calls mm-hmm. where I just got a little bit of time to get to know everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, part of, part of the anxiety for me about going was that I was, I knew you through coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really know anybody else except for what I had seen on the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to put faces with names, hear what they were struggling with, where they were at. Mm-hmm. Um, and those women, holy cow, like, I know just amazing, amazing, amazing. Like soul sisters for life after the trip. (laughs) Absolutely. They're so good. Yeah. 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 And I think too, like the, the support that you got beforehand helped you practice a little bit and implement some of the tools that we were talking about and got you feeling more comfortable about it before you're just like, you're going to implement all these new things. You're not even going to be there. Right. That's very true. Yeah. So we got to brainstorm on some ideas and actual tactical things that you could try and implement with your family right. before you went. Yeah. yeah. The kids got to practice going to bed with dad yep. doing the bedtime routine. Yep. We added some things mm-hmm. for my daughter. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There were tangible pieces that we yeah. got to try that certainly yeah. helped me feel better about yeah. leaving. That's awesome. All yeah. right. Well, what, what happened on the trip for you? Um, that's a very <laughs> big question. <laughs> so, what was your biggest like, wow factor about it? Oh goodness. Um, I mean, there were so many. So like, I love, love, loved the excursion that we went on. Mm. Um, It was the perfect, the whole trip was the perfect combination of adrenaline and relaxation and um, like soul searching, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, But I expected that. Like I expected when I did this trip, you had kind of given us an idea of what we were going to be able to do. So I knew there would be, you know, this beautiful spa and I knew the resort and I knew the excursion and that all lived up to what I expected it. Mm -hmm. Plus some, what I did not expect was, um, to come home 
with such inspiration for what was next in my coming year. Mm. I kind of just figured the mental work that I was going to do was all the stuff we did with coaching up to the beginning Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. far as like, okay, I'm overcoming my anxiety and, you know, all that stuff. But I got so much more out of it because I left clear headed with concrete ideas of what I want to accomplish this year um, with, and not just what I want to accomplish, but how I want to feel and how Mm. I want to be and what's next. And just with like this whole big open world in front of me. And Mm. I didn't, I didn't expect that to happen. I think um, there were two activities that you suggested that we do that really kind of solidified that for me. Mm -hmm. The first was what we did beforehand with the um, word of the year Mm -hmm. meditation and visualization. Mm -hmm. That was huge for me and I didn't expect it to be. And then the Oracle reading um, when you did the cards, just like mine hit the nail on the head and I literally have it as my screensaver of the picture of it Mm -hmm. to remind myself that that's what I'm doing this year. Yeah. Um, That was probably one of my favorite um, group activities was that it was amazing. Very intimate discussion and exploration we had around people's energies and their words and things like it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Pre retreat, I would have considered myself open minded. Mm-hmm. Post retreat, I'm like, but like very skeptical about mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Post retreat, I'm like, <laughs> universe, like send me all of your positive juju. Like I believe in all of it. I'm like, oh, if I just manifest it, it will come to me. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> So I can find a little bit of like a happy medium, I think. Um, no, go for it. Lean in. Lean that's, in. Right? Like, yeah. what, who cares if I'm wrong? Seriously. I just think, I, you know what I think about all of that? Like, I'm not a super spiritual person, although some people might consider me as one. I just think it's fun. It's yeah. magical. It makes me feel good to think about magic and the universe delivering me these surprise gifts. <laughs> yeah. And so when and I like, think about that, it makes me feel good. And then... I go on to do great things. So that's and how I like to get think. by like being a skeptic, right? Exactly. Like when you think that and then you're like, no, that's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. All you do is shut down any chance of anything positive coming your way. Yeah. Like who cares if you're wrong? Right. Who cares if these are just coming out of your mind and not yeah, the universe? Exactly. They're still happening. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's yeah. so interesting. So you went to the retreat, you stayed sober through airport travel, um, the airplane, Arriving in Cancun, going to an all-inclusive resort without drinking. Yeah. Amazing, right? I did. I also came home with a love of mocktails. Like, I think it's really fun to mix different flavors of sparkling water with different Mm -hmm. juices and Mm -hmm. throw in some pretty things. And so that's fun. Um, Yes, I did all of that. I will say, I think I skipped over a little piece. So a big part of my story since I last was on, and then also some coaching that you gave me was on October 1st, I was diagnosed with type 1.5 diabetes, mm-hmm. um, which was a big shock for me, like no family history. It's autoimmune. It's like a whole, I'm not going to go into that, but it was a big change. Um, and in October, I went to see my endocrinologist mm-hmm. about how to manage it and all that. And as you know, she told me, well, some red wine, like a little bit of red wine every day will actually help keep your blood sugar lower. Mm. And so what does that do? Like at the same time of being told you really need to cut back on your sugar, low carb, you know, as we get this all figured out, whatever. 
plus all this new medication, I kind of like walked out thinking, well, the only treat I have left in the world is red wine that I can have. So October was, I went September 30th. I was going to do sober October, October 1st, I was diagnosed and I think I drank and it wasn't, I didn't overdrink. I never had more than two glasses of wine, but I think I drank like 28 out of the 31 days in October. Mm. Um, just because that's like where my mind, you were given permission that that was, I was given permission. Plus I felt like that was it. The rest Mm -hmm. of my life was going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. Except for the rest, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, you coached me a lot around all of that Mm -hmm. and just about how, you know, medical professionals can't really, um, like they're going to tell me that because, if I was really to make the perfect lifestyle change that I needed to Mm -hmm. in order to manage this perfectly, it's way too much to bite off at one time. So she was kind of throwing me a bone of something that wouldn't be terrible. Along with the fact that you really helped me see that this is not a tragedy. It's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like this is just another routine that I am following in order to keep myself healthy. Mm -hmm. And so many good things have come out of that mind shift Like I am the one who's preparing most of the meals for my family, which means every single person in this house is now eating a healthier diet. Mm -hmm. I've been able to, um, research and quite frankly, purchase healthier food guilt-free because I know that it's what's better for my body. And then everybody's benefiting off of that. I have started doing more holistic exercise instead of, I was a cardio junkie and that Mm -hmm. was spiking my blood sugar. Mm -hmm. So I've implemented yoga and strength training Mm -hmm. and like, things that I was actively avoiding before. So, um, and like the actual parts of managing it haven't been that bad. Mm -hmm. So it's just actually, they've not been bad at all. It's like taking a little bit of medication and being a little bit mindful of what I eat. So Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that you coached me through that. And then fast forward, November 5th was the day after my son. Well, no, I'm sorry. November 4th is my son's birthday. And that evening we did the big birthday party. We did whatever stopped at my grandparents' house and my grandpa sat down this like huge glass of red wine in front of me because that's what I typically would Mm -hmm. do. Right. And I took like three drinks of it. And I was like, I don't even want this. Mm. Like, I mean, I didn't say it rudely like that to him. (laughs) That's what I thought in my mind. Yeah. Like this doesn't taste good. I can already feel that like my eyes are like starting to feel baggier. Mm. Like I know I'm not going to sleep as well tonight. And I dumped the rest of it down the sink. And that was the last glass of alcohol that I've had since then. And so I'm about six weeks out. And truly for me, it was a switch that flipped. It was, it was, it was, yes, I'm a drinker too. I know I'm never, I know I never want that again. Mm Mm-hmm. And it wasn't magic. It was because of all the groundwork you laid with me mm-hmm. over the last six weeks. And then I could do it on my own terms and um, see the successes and really pay attention to how I felt when I drank and when I didn't. Yeah. That I think all that, of a sudden when is, I was ready. Yeah. Yeah. When you I was were, ready. When you were doing that, when you got your diagnosis and then you were sort of given permission by your doctor that it wasn't bad, right, that you could have that. I think all along that month, every time you drank, you had a conflict with it. And you didn't, you were out of alignment. Like you were like ignoring yourself a little bit about really what you wanted. Cause you had already had big long breaks before that and had really, really cut back and you had experienced what, how good you felt. I remember you telling me that. 
And yeah. so by the time you got to the grandpa experience, I think you were just like, <laughs> when you are so aware and you start to feel that, that droop, uh-huh. that immediate um, yep. deflation that yep. alcohol does, it's a depressant, right? So you feel immediately like, like your, uh-huh. your balloon just kind of deflates a little bit. Um, when you were conscious enough of that, because you had done all that groundwork, like you said, it became very well, was, real for you. That day was so fun for me. I love my kids' birthdays. And we had had the best day, right? Like, mm. I was on this, like, natural high, high on life, like, enjoyed my son watching him, like, with his friends and all this stuff. And then I took the drinks and I was like, I, like, I just felt like a slug. Yeah. I was like, that's not, I want to feel this joy, not this. Yes. Um, so, yeah. And so I think that at that point, the retreat flipped for me. Mm-hmm. I... I went from, okay, I'm going to celebrate my one month of being alcohol free while I'm in Cancun. So this is my big grand finale celebration trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really fun. Everybody, it was great to be with that group of women when I was like, today's my 30 days and yeah. everybody was all excited. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. So now you're on the other side of it. So I want to talk about that a little bit. We were talking earlier about, we just want to somehow explain right? Like how you feel right now. It's euphoric. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is. It's like life changing. It's a total departure of what it looks like when you're dabbling and over drinking occasionally, even if it's not that much, it's a numbed life, right? Mm -hmm. It's a downplayed life versus this alive as fuck life that you have Mm -hmm. embraced, right? Where your emotions, you get to feel all of them, the good ones and the bad ones, right? And it's, amazing and you have so much more clarity you're not driven by alcohol at all you're not driven to what you're going to have to drink where you're going to get it what's it going to be like any of that stuff so you have so much more space now to focus on you've decided to write a book start children's Mm -hmm. and school programs like there's so much more you're excited about and motivated and driven towards can you just talk Mm -hmm. about that sort of before and after comparison a little bit yeah so Um, I, like I said, when we started, I did not go into a live AF with the goal of quitting drinking. I went in with the goal of moderating my drinking so that I wasn't feeling crummy from Mm -hmm. it, which if I'm being completely honest, if you're drinking regularly, I don't think that there's a way that you can stop yourself from feeling at least a little bit crummier than you need to feel, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wouldn't have said that, except that, and this wasn't immediate, but it was like, I've seen over the last, I think I'm like 45 days or something now, the further away I get from the last time I drank, I like, I am legitimately a happier person. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I was a happy person before, right? Like I wasn't miserable. I wasn't rock bottom. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I mean, I was living my life, having a good time. But it felt like everything was just okay and pretty cool unless there was alcohol involved. Mm. Then like if, if we were going to have drinks while we were doing something, then I, it was going to be really fun. Mm. And the more I paid attention to it in your program, the more I realized that like really fun part lasts for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's all the garbage afterwards, like the bad sleep, all of that is just so not worth it. Um, and I think when I started, I was like, man, like these people have really talked themselves into the fact that like, this is a good 
good idea. Like there's no way that they're actually happier than us. Like Mm -hmm. they just can't moderate whatever. But my, my brain feels more capable of true joy than Mm -hmm. it did when I was drinking even moderately. Um, little things like I've noticed my husband noticed that I'm laughing out loud more often Mm -hmm. at TV, at his stupid jokes, (laughs) like at whatever, like it's, and it's not, I'm just like more present Mm -hmm. and more awake. Um, and there are things like if you really do the research around what alcohol does to your brain, it creates, it creates artificial levels of dopamine in Mm -hmm. your brain so that even when you're not actively drinking or right off of it, you can't hit that same level of high with something that's not alcohol. So everything literally does feel duller. Your kids laughter, your, their hugs, um, like, you know, all of the stuff that brings you joy in real life mm-hmm. actually loses some of its joy because mm-hmm. of what your brain's doing. And, um, that is, I mean, I, it's euphoric. Like, yeah. I just feel like I'm seeing things for the first time. I told you Christmas is coming up and I'm like, love it. Like I'm in awe of the lights and like, I've enjoyed shopping and like, I can take my time and be slow with baking Christmas cookies with my kids and not be rush, rush, rushing, because I want to get to the point of the day where I can have my glass of wine Mm -hmm. or crabbing at them because I've already had my glass of wine and now I'm snippy, you know, like it's just, uh, it's like being a kid again, almost, um, just everything's exciting again. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. we were talking. And I know it's hard to believe when you're not doing I know. it. It's hard, especially <laughs> when you're kind of suffering with over drinking and what that feels like, right? You That's yeah. very fresh for you. Like, you know what that feels like. It's for me, five and a half years out, I still know what it's, I remember feeling that way. Yeah. And so it's hard to imagine if you're there and still struggling with it to be here, like Amy, where Amy and I are, um, The biggest thing I can say is just be excited about it. We were talking about this Mm -hmm. earlier, right? It's like, I wish people were excited about the journey of, you know, seriously reducing how much you're drinking or going alcohol free as excited as they were about getting marriage, getting married, starting a new job, buying a new home, any sort of big lifestyle growth Mm -hmm. opportunity that we do in our lives that's what I wish people would be excited about. I wish it was naturally like, oh my God, you're considering not drinking anymore? Oh my God, let's have a fucking party. (laughs) Holy shit. What are you going to plan after that? Like, what are you going to do? Like we all, you know, all these questions we get, what are you going to do when your kids leave the house? What are you going to do now that you're retired? What are you going to do once you're, once you get married, are you going to have kids? Like that's the excitement that I wish that we had. And celebrated yep. in a society when people say or decide, I'm thinking about changing my relationship with alcohol. It should be like, let's go. Let's yes. do this. You are in for a ride of a lifetime because it truly yes. does feel like that. And I just wish people would believe me. And I know a lot yeah. of you do. And I think I think you believe me, Amy. And you trusted me at least enough to like do what I told you to do. Yes. Well, <laughs> and then I you said, got to see I mean, for yourself. But It's huge. It's huge that you let people come to it on their own because I did, I was able to see the small successes along the way, Mm -hmm. um, which allowed for that light switch moment to happen. I call it my Christmas lights moment where Mm -hmm. like I was putting up the Christmas lights outside. Right. And like this strand didn't work. So I had to switch it out for a different one or I didn't like how it was placed. So I had to like make all these tweaks and Mm -hmm. then it got cold. So I went inside and made some hot chocolate and yada, yada. (laughs) And then finally, after I got everything right, I plugged it in 
and it was like Chevy Chase uh-huh. in Christmas Vacation, <laughs> right? Like, ah! that's what my experience with quitting drinking was like. It was the evaluation and the worksheets and the coaching mm-hmm. and the failures and the successes and the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the lights just went on. Yeah. Um, and I know it won't be that way for everybody, but I will say to anybody listening, I will do what Angela just did. If you decide to quit drinking and you want somebody to be as excited <laughs> for you as if you're getting married, like you just call me and I'll do it. Oh Cause God. honestly you did that for me, but I have my sister-in-law who did that for me too. Yeah. She's, uh, six months alcohol free at Shout this point. Like she's, I know. <laughs> and she's been, you know, five months ahead of me on this yeah. thing the whole time. And she is my cheerleader. She is the one that when I had successes, I would text her and I knew she would understand. So, yeah. um, I can't discount that, but yeah, I think it's, it's just... really important to put yourself in an environment or at least in a group in some sort of way where you're surrounded by other people that do cheer you on and do yeah. want to celebrate every step of the way. It's hard to, to rely on family and close friends. Sometimes you think you're very mm-hmm. fortunate um, with your husband and, and her and some of your other friends, but most people don't have people like that because most right. of our people also drink <laughs> yep. and they just don't get it unless they're really actively doing it themselves. So I think yeah. the the container, um, even if it's not my container, find a container, you know, that you feel comfortable in that feels supportive yes. and like you, you belong to it. But going back to what you briefly mentioned about, like, you're glad that I don't tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this earlier. If I would have said, Amy, you should come join my sober program. You wouldn't be here right now, right? Nope. Not a chance. Yeah. Because that wasn't my goal at the beginning. Yeah. And it wasn't my goal either. I did not go out to become a sober person. It just happened through the exact same process of getting awareness, you know, giving myself some break, changing my mindset around things, right? Learning how to feel my feelings. And then eventually when you learn how to be a human without needing to escape Mm-hmm. You realize you don't need alcohol and it serves no benefit and it doesn't even taste great. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, right. And I mean, yeah, I, yes. I mean, that's all exactly right. And I think like to anybody who's considering joining um, or who has joined, I think like just the only thing you have to do, like if you know that they're, I don't even want to say if you know that there is a problem, I wouldn't have said to you at the beginning, I have a problem with alcohol. Mm-hmm. What I knew was that I didn't like how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wasn't necessarily choosing that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, so like it was sort of out of my control in the sense that I was doing it more than I wanted to. Mm-hmm. If that's where you are, join the group. And then the only requirement is for you to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that I see struggle, it's because, and I, you do such a good job of coaching them in the Facebook group, um, on like just calling out their BS, mm-hmm. like, okay, well I, in, in a very nice way, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, I heard you say X, Y, and Z, but what else could be true? Like mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of excuses in what you're saying. And like, what if we just threw those out the window? Because it is true. Like there are a million reasons why you can talk yourself into continuing to drink. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could tell you 10 right now. I'm not going to, yeah. but you have to be willing to really be honest about how it makes you feel and how you want to live your life and who mm-hmm. you want to be. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to do those things and, 
and use the tools that you offer, then you will figure out what it looks like. You don't have to have the goal in mind. Yeah. Um, the big picture goal at the yeah. end. Yeah. I like to call that stop fighting for your problems. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Stop, stop convincing yourself that you're special, that your problems are unique. Everybody has complicated lives. There's not yes. one single, I mean, I've coached so many people now. Gone is the myth of the perfect family for me. Gone oh. is the myth of a perfect life, right? Like I used yeah. to, I did, I would look at social media years ago Same. or see, compare my friends' families and be like, oh, I just wish I had that. Da, da, da. It does not exist. Mm-mm. Okay. It doesn't exist. And your problems, although they are tragic at times and terrible, right? This is the human experience for every single person. And not everybody needs alcohol to cope. Right. Right. Not everybody does that. We have just been so conditioned because we drink, because our the society that we live in, that that is a tool that's available. And sometimes yeah. it is. And I got to admit, when I was, you know, going through postpartum depression after my third child, that was my tool. And I didn't mm-hmm. know anything else. I didn't know right. how to do it differently. And I'm kind of thankful oh, yeah. for it at that time. But now I know better. And now I know that right. there's other ways and other ways of being that are so much better for you. And um, I probably will never shut up about it. So, <laughs> well, and like when you really think about it using it as a coping mechanism, it still is just a coping mechanism mm-hmm. that's like instant gratification. Yeah. And I like, I did the exact same thing. I also had postpartum mm-hmm. depression with both of my kids. And I agree with you, like, it provided real relief it did. to me when I was really yes. struggling. But all of that stuff is still sitting there. Yes. So, it's like, a I have. Yeah. Yes. And my anxiety, since I've not been drinking, my anxiety is so much better. Um, I don't like, I read something that was talking about how, when you are drinking as a coping mechanism, your body is always trying to get back to equilibrium, right? Mm -hmm. Like balance. So Mm -hmm. if you're euphoric from the alcohol, eventually that's going to come out of your system and then you're going to feel depressed because your body's trying to get back to normal. So yeah. I mean, I hear you a hundred percent, but I just, I wish someone had told me at, at some point before you, like there's, like you said, there's another way. Um, yeah. Because. Yeah. And I think I people know. just get there when they're ready to hear the messaging too. You know, like when you're ready yeah. to hear it, when you're ready and committed to figuring out and taking it the pace that you need to be taking it at. And it looks different for everybody. Not everybody is going to have the same path as Amy. Some people right. it takes 18 months, two years before they get here. You know, just let yourself have the time and space to explore it. Um, yes. And just know that there's no prescribed timing of any of this stuff. And it can happen no. forwards and backwards and, you know, all different directions. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I'd also say that I'm, I mean, I'm continuing with a live AF, even though I'm not drinking anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's really not about, like, I don't feel the need at this point. I'm not saying I never will, but I don't feel the need to have, like, accountability buddies or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's it's that you say it all the time. It's not about the alcohol. Like there's still so much I want to explore about my thought patterns Mm -hmm. and my goals and all of that, that the work that you do, even if you continue drinking for the rest of your life, the work that you provide in your group about how to manage your thoughts and your feelings and just that education Mm -hmm. is huge. I mean, I'm teaching it to my kids because it's just a, it's a level of emotional maturity that I feel like not many people, um, 
are exposed to, you know, yeah. without actively seeking it out. So yeah. it's about so much more than quitting drinking, I think. It really is. It's it's about having boundaries for yourself, understanding, learning about yourself, what's good, what are good things for you, what aren't so great things for you, exploration, improving your relationships, becoming an, a mature adult who's in charge of their life, right? Like, all of that stuff. And it's finding out what you want yes. and what makes you happy yes. and all that you're capable of. Yeah. And there's nothing better than that. I mean, there really isn't. Yeah. I think we lose track of that after a certain age, after kids, career progression. We forget that, like, who who are we? What do we want? Right. We just get in the in the role of it all. And that's why we numb sometimes is because we're not doing for ourselves and we're not paying attention to ourselves. So getting back to that exploration is super fun. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you came in and that you're excited about 2024. And tell them a little bit about your book idea, if you oh, want. Oh, sure. So um, a little very tiny background. I was an elementary school teacher for um, a few years and have been in education for a long time. And my sweet spot was always kiddos that were like third, fourth, fifth, sixth, that um, upper elementary level. And I, as a kid, dealt with a lot of anxiety. My daughter's dealing with similar things right now. Um, But nothing that's like, you know, I feel like people hear that and they think immediately like we need um, special education or an individual education plan. It's Mm -hmm. like very normal adolescent stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard on the kid. And Mm -hmm. I remember it being really hard on me and I know it's been really hard on her. So during um, one of my guided meditations, thanks Mm -hmm. to the retreat, I just had this idea hit me that, and I love writing. I always have. Um, It comes easily to me, which is awesome. Um, I just had this idea hit me that I could create a short story, choose your own adventure book for kids between ages, say, eight to 11 where it's kids that they can relate to dealing with situations that are common for kids that age to stress about. And then they can choose which avenue the um, protagonist goes down. And there's no right or wrong answer. Each just takes them down a different path. And the goal is to help kids sort of create their own toolbox of strategies that they can use at home on their own to get through some of this stuff. And I want to have a corresponding journal um, that goes with it that's age appropriate to let them work through it. And then resources for parents and eventually schools to help implement it with kids on a bigger scale. So Boom. super pumped about it. <laughs> Boom. Right? No big deal. No big deal. But that's what happens when you get the alcohol out of the way. This is a live AF. This yes, is what is. I, I'm so like, I love helping women come through the tunnel, like get over their over drinking and then like, let's go do something really exciting and awesome. And I'm so, I have not been this excited about, I love my job. I really do. Like, yeah. I really like what I do on a daily basis, but I have not been this excited about something creative since I was a kid, I honestly. So good. Um, yeah. So I have you to thank for that. Well, you were the one that let yourself be open to it, right? And were open to the coaching and followed instructions like the good little student you are. I am in, yeah, gold star. <laughs> really, but you though, did I tell it. you all you the did time, it. I can't say it enough. You have a gift. I would tell everybody that I know to come work with you. Um, honestly, like even if they're not, even if they don't think they have a problem with alcohol, I just think 
you do amazing things. So I appreciate you and I hope you keep doing what you're doing. I the am. world needs you. I'm just getting started, Amy. I know. <laughs> and I can't wait to follow along. I know. It's so fun and exciting, right? Like I still like five and a half years in, even, you know, that's how long I've been in business. I'm like, ooh, what do I get to do now? Like, it's so yeah. fun to to chart your own course, I think. And yeah. it's exciting to not know. You know, yeah. I don't know. I'm still reinventing things. I'm still, like, being creative and coming up with yeah. new ideas and implementing that. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I still had alcohol in my life because that would no, be the distraction of the century, you know? Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah. I think too, all the, all the work that you help us do with like actually feeling our feelings, mm-hmm. it's made me a much more confident and self-aware person in that, like, I mean, I told you when I first started thinking about all this and this is all, this has escalated very quickly, mm-hmm. this book writing situation. I know because we were just in Mexico two weeks ago. So I, look. <laughs> and she's already started writing it. <laughs> so, right. Um, but I've had like, when, when I just allow myself to dream big, my brain goes in all different directions. And I've already been able to really quickly be like, oh, I could do this. No, that doesn't sound good. And just like shoo it away. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the thing that I want to do. And I think, um, you know, I was a classic people pleaser, still fight against that a lot. But I think just knowing what feels good to me and being able to very easily identify those feelings is like that's the secret yeah, to be able like, to know this is the right way. This is the wrong feeling way. into your body as a compass. Does this feel open and expansive or does this feel like, e? that doesn't feel right. Yep. You know that because you know yourself and you know what feelings are right. It just, it makes ma- uh, making decisions and navigating mm-hmm. difficult situations or fun, you know, decisions to make so much easier. Cause you're like, yeah, this feels right. Nope, this doesn't. Okay. Keep moving forward. Yeah. Right. Well, and to learn that it's okay to rely on my feelings. I think as women, as little girls, we're told so often, like, push those down and be quiet and don't make a fuss. Right. Like, okay, my feelings are actually there for a reason. And if it doesn't feel right, I shouldn't do it. Right. That's huge. Yep. Yeah. All right. Any final words of wisdom, Amy? Thank you so much. You're just a magician and I love you. (laughs) And... I want everybody to sign up for a retreat and I want everybody to join a live AF. And, um, I think, so I'm going to say this, even though I don't think that maybe, um, it's endorsed, it's Angela Masonic endorsed, Mm -hmm. but I would challenge everybody who's listening to this podcast, because if you're listening to this podcast, you have probably already started questioning your relationship with alcohol in some way. I would strongly encourage you to try to take a longer break at some point. I'm not saying you have to give up alcohol forever. And I'm not even necessarily saying you have to just like sign up and white knuckle through dry January. Cause like I told you, I did three months dry, you know, and was white knuckling. Mm -hmm. I want you to try to commit to getting excited and being open to what this journey could offer you without counting down the days. Um, just to see how it feels. Mm. Because I think once you see how it feels, you'll have a lot more clarity around what it is that you really want. I love that. Thank you. That's a perfect segue because I am supporting dry January. <laughs> yes, <I laughs> Masonic.com forward slash dry January. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you'll get some of those tools, you know, to, to sample with and to try and to give yourself that break. So you can get some clarity and you can feel better and get a baseline going of what it feels like 
to give your body a break, your mind a break, to apply some of the tools, to change your thoughts, to allow the feelings so you're not just white knuckling, right? And then decide. I think it's a great opportunity. So thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, yeah. I am, I'm a component of you, you know, chart your own course or choose your own adventure like your book, right? Yes. Um, yes. But I do, I, I also took a long break in my journey before I decided to quit. You know, that was a part of my process is I got to experience what that felt like. And it was amazing. Yes. And I wanted more of that. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I felt it, it was over. Like, yeah. I just, yep. And I just don't want you to miss out on that, you know, yeah. if it is something that feels right for you, yes. if you're listening. Yes. Thank you. All right, Amy. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Oh, Angela, I would spend every day with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll talk yes. to you all soon. Okay. Have a good one. Thanks. Oh my gosh. Who loved that episode as much as me? <laughs> well, Thank you so much, Amy, for coming on. It's absolute pleasure to discuss all the things with you. Thank you for giving us your time and special insights. It will be very, very helpful for everybody listening. And as mentioned in the podcast, don't forget to sign up for my dry January workshops. So I'm kicking off dry January on Thursday, January 4th with a free workshop called dry January. It's going to help you get set up to be alcohol free for the month of January. And then at the end of the month, I'm going to have another free class called Beyond Dry January. And if you register for this, you get signed, automatically signed up for both classes. But the end of the class, end of the month class will be to help you decide what it looks like going forward, whether you reintegrate or reintroduce alcohol back into your life in a mindful way, or if you decide to keep going by being alcohol free, I'm going to give you some good tools and strategies to help make those decisions that feel good for you. And I'm very excited about it. So don't miss this opportunity. Even if you're not sure if you want to go 30 days without alcohol, or if you don't think that you can do it, I really want you to sign up for the dry January workshop. So it's angelamasenic.com forward slash dry January. All right, friends, we'll see you then. Bye. I want you to check out Angela Masenic dot com forward slash alive af you know what it's like to have a desire to cut back on your drinking right you start to read books listen to podcasts try things but you might not be able to yet put all the pieces and suggestions together in a way that actually makes sense and works for you you might struggle with beating yourself up after an overdrink. you might get frustrated with yourself when you take two steps forward and then another two steps back and get overwhelmed with what's right and wrong about your relationship with alcohol. Your friends tell you that you should be able to have just one drink and it isn't a big deal. You might be white knuckling through urges and resisting instead of peacefully processing them. And you might struggle with your identity as someone who has enjoyed having a lot of wine or alcohol in your life. It's around you all the time. It's what you do and who you are. Well, after five years of successfully coaching hundreds of women through these struggles, I have created the Alive AF membership where women like you can learn the basics on what it takes to cut back and reach your goals with alcohol, whether it is to just drink less or totally quit. And when you join, you will get the exact framework I used to change my own relationship with alcohol and still use today that has led me to be alcohol free for over five years. You're going to get access to my resources, videos, and worksheets that have been proven to change and reduce how much you drink. 
Every day you can ask questions, share your obstacles, and get coaching and direct support on the challenges you will face with love and no judgment. Also, you will get immediate access to workshops like uncovering your alcohol identity and changing it, how to say no to things that don't support your new identity or life or goals, aka boundaries, (laughs) a workshop called creating emotional agency, and Another one, how to manage your mind to succeed at your goals and more. Every month we have a brand new workshop. These workshops are filled with step-by-step prompts and instruction to help you create the exact relationship with alcohol that is best for you. My mission and vision for Alive AF is to be a hub of support and resources for women to come and learn how to do what is best for them and becoming more alive in the process. When you join, you're going to learn how to take care of yourself better, how to feel good and become more alive and go after the life that you really want. I want this membership to be affordable and an easy solution where you can get all the help you need in one simple place whenever you need it. So no need to go read another book, find a new podcast, attend a free webinar, or go down the path of piecemealing it all together. Join Alive AF and have it all there in one place for you anytime you need it. So go to angelamasenic.com forward slash alive AF and enrollment is open right now. See you inside.